This week I have been reading Barbara Brown Taylor's An Altar in the World. So there will be quite a few quotations from her this morning. I'll get that out of the way now so I don't keep having to say Barbara says, Barbara says, Barbara says. Right, so here we start. Honour one another is our working title. All of us have a secret list of people we would rather not sit next to, here or anywhere else. They may be specific people that we can name, or they may be certain kinds of people. You know who they are. That's Barbara. But God loves those people those ones that we won't sit next to, those who offend or disturb us, they belong to God just as surely as we do. In his church, God has gathered together a community whose breadth and inclusiveness is going to make us feel uncomfortable at times. And this discomfort is our problem not God's. Paul says in his letter, honour one another. Now, I'm sure you will all recall from reading the Gospels that somewhere in Mark and Matthew and Luke, Jesus says, love your neighbour as yourself. And in John's Gospel he says, love one another as I have loved you. So is Paul's honour one another a bit lukewarm, perhaps? Is he not going the whole hog? What was wrong with love? Why honour? I looked up the Greek, time, and I thought, well, honour, what else does it mean? Oh, value, cost, price, value one another. That works. Cost one another? No, not quite so much. And then I looked up where else I might find it, and in 1 Corinthians I find, you were bought for a price. Time, the same word, honour one another. Honour one another, and bear in mind, that same word is resonating, you were bought for a price. Honour one another, because they were bought for the same price. So we need to think, when we look at those others, those that we might not want to sit next to, that they were bought for a price. Right, how are we doing sitting next to me? Let's just move on. I think we can click on two. I've missed one already. Next one. Right, one another. That's just us here, isn't it? Is it? Do you remember in there, in those verses that Dave read for us, practice hospitality. Another Greek lesson, I'm afraid. Hospitality. Philozenia. 
Now you're all familiar with philo, philos, it means love. A philosopher loves wisdom. Sophia, if you're fortunate enough to be called Sophie or Sophia, your name means wisdom. Luke writes to his dear Theophilus, Theophilus, God lover. So, philozenia, you think, now what's this Zen bit? Nothing to do with motorcycle maintenance. That fell flat, didn't it? Remember, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance was a, a famous book some, well, yeah, longer ago than most of you were around. Xenophobia, perhaps, you recognise, though. Hatred of the foreigner, the stranger, the alien. So philo-xenia is love of the alien, the foreigner, the stranger. Paul is encouraging us in that sense. But we've already touched on one other thing. Look in the Gospels. Love your neighbour as you love yourself. Who is my neighbour? Where did that lead? The Good Samaritan. The hated, despised Samaritan. But who was good? Who is my neighbour? Philozenia. It's everyone. It's this lot in here, and it's that lot out there. Especially the ones you don't want to sit next to. Let's... Oh yes, this is Barbara again. The hardest spiritual work in the world is to love the neighbour as self. To treat another person, not as someone you can use, someone you can fix, help, save, enroll, convince or control, but someone you can come face to face with. Someone may be very different from yourself and at least entertain the possibility that this is one of the faces of God. Why? Why one of the faces of God? We are made in his image. You may recall Paul saying, by entertaining strangers, we may be visited by angels. You may recall Abraham entertaining strangers who turned out to be God himself. In those faces, those strangers' faces, we have a chance to glimpse God. A year or two ago, I suppose it must be a couple, my daughter Amy got married. She and Joe wrote their own vows. They were wonderful. I'm thinking of doing something a little different for all of us today. Supposing somebody has just moved in next door and you go round to the housewarming party and instead of canapes or chocolate cake and bubbly, you discover you're presented with a set of vows, neighbourly vows. Now when you make your vows, 
vows when you get married. You've already made a commitment. You're just making it public. But your neighbours, you have to rub along with, you have to live next door. What sort of vows might you make to your new neighbours? What sort of vows might you expect from your new neighbours? I'm just going to ask you to take two or three minutes to talk to the people next to you, the ones you do want to sit next to, and think about what sort of vows you might make and would hope to receive for neighbourliness. Go. Okay, let's call you back to order. My next door neighbour knocked on my door at two o'clock this morning. Fortunately, they didn't wake me up because I was practising my drums. <laughs> right, let's have the next one. Here's some of the things I thought about. I'd like my neighbours to be considerate, not playing their drums at two o'clock in the morning. Noise, boundaries, children, pets, holidays, parcels. I think there's a need to be sociable. You need to get to know each other a bit, even if you think you wouldn't choose to sit next to each other. Because only when you get to know each other can you be considerate. I think you need to be honest. You need to tell them that practicing drums at two in the morning is not a great idea because you've got to get up at half past seven and you need at least eight or nine hours of sleep. And you need to be... Uh, where were we? Um, and you need, finally, this practicing forbearance. I think this is a brilliant, just a, a notion, a way of saying... You remember that little quotation? Did I put it up? Is it the next one? Oh, yes. Give me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Give me the courage to change the things I can. And give me the wisdom to know which is which. And it's like that with neighbours. There are going to be some things that you just have to suck it up. You've got to put up with it. And there's going to be some things that it's going to be worth talking to them about. Because you might be able to change things. We are diverse. We're diverse socially and politically. We're diverse in terms of our religious beliefs. Once we realise that our community contains many different people, different characters, different personalities, different interests, different talents, different senses of what is serious and what is funny. Now there's some way where you can upset people very quickly. We may differ in all these things, in our culture, our faith. And crucially, we may differ in what we think is acceptable behaviour. But those things, those considerate, sociable, honest, 
forbearing things will help us to rub along with the people we don't want to sit next to. That is part of honouring, of valuing. And we've got a role model. Here's Barbara again. Watch how this rabbi practices what he preaches and you'll see that his teaching is not limited to people who look, act or think like him. He does the same eye-to-eye -eye thing with Roman centurions, Samaritan lepers, Syrophoenician women and hostile Judeans. The same thing as he does with his Galilean disciples. He does it with slaves and with rulers, with 12-year-old girls and powerful men. He does it with people who can be useful to him and with people who cannot. No one is dismissed from his circle of concern. No one is dismissed from his circle of concern. For no one made in God's image is negligible in the sight of God. No one made in God's image is negligible in the sight of God. What have we got next? Oh yes. These are perhaps for our nearest and dearest. I don't think Christian relationships can be built around you should, you ought, you must. Other people are not our project. We are to cherish them, not to control them, not to fix them, not to mould them. It's not ours to judge their lives in the practical sense or in the spiritual one. If we honour them, we allow them to be themselves. We allow them to be different from us. And we value, we honour that difference. And we remember that that difference came at a price. Sheila Fabricant Lynn wrote this. My favourite story about St Ignatius who was the founder of the Jesuits, is that he would fire spiritual directors who tried to impose their own way to God upon novices. He understood that it is abusive to try to control another person's spiritual journey. We have to let people be themselves. We have to let them find their own way to God. They may ask us to help, but our help will not be, you should, you ought, you must. Barbara again. Encountering another human being is as close to God as I may ever get in this eye-to-eye -eye thing, this person-to-person -person thing, which is where the Beloved has promised to show up, where two or three are gathered together, 
I will be there. The beloved promises to show up. Paradoxically, we might think that we should be looking at each other and seeing Christ. But I think perhaps we should be looking at each other and seeing a person. A person for whom there is no substitute, who can never be replaced, whose heart holds mysteries that we can never unravel, whose life, whose life is a story that we may never read. And we value them. Finally, how am I doing? Oh yes. I'll let that sit up there for a moment and I'll come to it in just a minute or two. Finally, and I think crucially, honouring other people, valuing them, is about realising how God sees them. And that's profoundly affected by how we think God sees us. If we cannot, if we cannot accept God's Father heart for us, his children, if we struggle to accept that Christ thought we were worth dying for, if we fail to see our own value in Christ, how are we going to see it in anybody else? If we fail to see our value in Christ, then we might start looking to take our value from other people. How do we take our value from other people? We do it by needing to feel better than they are. And the only way we make ourselves feel better than someone else is to devalue the other person. Not to value them, to devalue. We put them down in our hearts, our minds, we build ourselves up. It's a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope. And that's where I come to this chorus. Peter Warren came to our DTS some ooh, ten years ago now, and he sang this. It's a chorus of a song. And it's a song about recognising your value in God. For I have given you a purpose for living, my child. I've called you by name and I've chosen you to do something special for me. No one else can do it like you can do it. For the gifts I've given to you are unique, my child. That DTS had broken people in it. Peoples whose lives had not been great. Peoples whose fathers had not created the sort of image that was conducive to thinking of a loving Father God. And this said to them, you are special, you are unique. I have chosen you from the beginning of creation. We need to take these words, we need to grapple them to our hearts. Because until we can take those words for ourselves, then we can't do this. Next slide. 
So when that chap is sitting there, the one that you don't want to sit next to, God is singing these words to him as well. For I have given him a purpose for living. I've called him by name. I've chosen him to do something special for me, something no one else can do. I've given him gifts that are unique. So when we walk in and we see that the only seat left is the one next to the person we really don't want to sit next to, God is saying that he or she is as special as they could possibly be, is as unique, is called by name, by God. This is the great gospel truth. God so loved the world. Forget the world. God so loved me. God so loved him or her or them. The people we won't sit next to. God so loved them that he sent his only son. That is to honour. That is to value. We take that as being true for each and every one of us. But we forget that it is true of every human being we will ever meet. Every single one of them. Known, valued, called, unique in the eyes of God. Honour one another.